to The Stacks. I'm Jack of The Stacks, and sometimes people message me or ask me in person and ask for recommendations on where to start with Kung Fu cinema and martial arts, Hong Kong cinema of the action variety. So, Stephen, you've wanted to dive a bit deeper into this niche corner of uh, genre cinema for a bit, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, part of it just professional jealousy because how dare Jack know about things that I don't. Um, <laughs> the, but but more so because it's just yeah, it's 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 an area that I every time I've dived in, I really really like it. I really like mm. I like action movies of this ilk that actually focus on kind of like choreographed, dare I say, mm. balletic, impactful action. Sure. Um, I like martial arts. This sounds really simplistic, and perhaps culturally voyeuristic. But I like martial arts as a visual motif, as like a visual aesthetic. Sure. Like I like the yeah, look yeah, of it yeah. on the film the same way that like car, yeah. car chase is going to film. And every yeah. time I dive into it, I, I really, really like it. Um, and then it's just a thing that I rarely get back to. And I think partly mm. because I'm just like, there's so much of it. Yes. And I become so staggeringly yeah. unaware. It's 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 the Boss Baby vibes example, isn't it? Of I watch this and I... <laughs> well, genuinely, because I watch this and go, no, what, yeah, a, yeah. what a brilliant martial arts movie. And I'm like, I bet if I'd watched a hundred others, I'd be like, well, actually, this is most of them. And I'm, mm, I'm scared sure. of boss babying every time. But if I watch, for example, we'll talk about later, um, 36th Chamber and be like, wow, it's got blah, blah, blah. And you'd be like, well, actually, that's in this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. sure. It's it's um, like, it's the appeal to some and it's the detriment to others of yeah. being like, there's way too much. Uh, for me, that's great because Yo, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. so much to uncover and unearth and talk about and visit. But for others, it can feel impenetrable. Yes. So basically what I've done here is is I've set up 10 films that I think are good starting points, but also just sort of like good cornerstones of the genre as it evolves. Um, So we'll start off right away. Uh, I've got brief descriptions of each and we can talk about whatever. So number one is Vengeance from 1970, directed by Chang Che. Not to be confused with Vengeance from 2022. No, not the BJ Novak, John (laughs) Mayer movie. No. Surprisingly. So this is a period piece set in 1930s China. It is a revenge story, as you can probably imagine. <laughs> uh, four businessmen and a cheating wife murder a man, and his brother, here played by David Chang, is going to seek revenge. This yeah, is sort of a primordial heroic bloodshed movie, really. Those familiar with uh, gun fu legend and action director superstar John Wu will feel like familiar beats here because Wu famously studied under Chang Che, the director here. And there are a few parallels that can be drawn between Wu and Chang Che, uh, especially in Vengeance 1970. It's um, one of the bloodier early Shaw Brothers movies. It's brutal, it's violent, but it's on those gorgeous Shaw Brothers sets. Uh, It's wild. It's a great introduction to um, the crimson blood side of uh, Chang Che's filmography. Would I be correct in in thinking that would be part of that big Shaw Brothers set that Arrow put it out? It is not actually. I probably oh, should have really? I probably should have recommended movies that are more widely available, but these are the ones I no, but think that, that's are cool, cream then. of the crop. Um I think it's really good to to point out sure. things. Well, I, mean, I mean, like people like myself like to buy hmm. box sets and then not really actually divulge well, into them. Be like, I have this box set now. So yeah, that's a good rack. The Shaw Scope box sets are great introductions, and they do have quite a they lot. Cool. And they are they just look cool. You can't shelve them though. I'm looking at mine now. It doesn't fit on any of my shelves. It's very annoying, but. 
I love it dearly. Like my Godzilla one that yes, exists the as a Criterion one. book because it doesn't fit. Yeah, it's beautiful. So my second film is called Intimate Confessions of a Chinese Courtesan from 1972, directed by Choi Yoon. So this, I like to cheekily say, is Lady Snowblood before Lady Snowblood. Uh, so it's another revenge story, this time from the often overlooked female perspective in these movies. Uh, this is sort of mm-hmm. unlike any other feature from the Shaw brothers of this era. It's got queer tendencies, it's really visually distinct, it weaves these ideas of romanticism and violence in like these really offhanded strokes. It's sort of like a juxtaposition of lightness and darkness that you often find yeah. within like 70s exploitation cinema. And it's just rare that the Shaw brothers, who led the charge on the Hong Kong film industry for so long, they rarely dove into the sexual side of taboo topics to be sort of presented on screen. And Mm. with Intimate Confessions of a Chinese Courtesan, it sort of stands head and shoulders above the rest in terms of progressive values and also just sort of like visual aesthetics. There's there's no Shaw Brother movie that looks quite like this one. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I'm I'm not as nowhere near as versed mm. in the Shaw Brothers as you but I've seen a, f- a few Shaw Brothers films and the thing that always stands out to me is they, they are visually dynamic mm. and interesting and imaginative um, though I will say um, interested in that taboo topic thing because I mean because Boxer's Omen's Shaw Brothers yes, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah Yeah, and w- when I think of Shaw Brothers and taboo topics I think of being like oh, this is stuff I actually don't want yeah. to see so it's, 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 it's nice to hear there is perhaps mm, the more the transgressive yes. inverse of yeah, that yeah. Yeah. rather than just uh, balls to the wall weird for the sake of weird there is yes. yeah, there's more a narrative to that one when we transgress we transgress with purpose yes. or in a subversive yeah, yeah, yeah. way as opposed to oh it's just more hate on yeah, screen sure. so uh, number three we're going to jump away from the Shaw Brothers studio system but talk about someone who okay. was uh, a very important role in that system so this is Jimmy Wang Yu who worked in the Shaw Brothers studio system for many years and he worked on uh, like very formative films like The One-Armed Boxer and uh, The One-Armed Swordsman, lots of okay. one-armed characters. So after his years at the Shaw Brothers studio, he took the character of The One-Armed Boxer and made his sort of own bootleg sequel. Uh, this is from 1976 and this is called Master of the Flying Guillotine. As you can imagine... Now this I have heard The of. titular Flying Guillotine is a very very cool weapon with its own yeah. sort of trilogy of films dedicated to it but master of the flying guillotine is more of a tournament movie large parts cool. of the runtime are dedicated to this tournament of extravagant and acrobatic fighters and different fighting in different manners you've got like classic hand-to-hand kung, kung fu you've got exaggerated weapon use you've got a guy who can extend his arms so they're really long like dal sim <laughs> like dal actually i bet that is where dal sim comes Probably, from maybe but um, yeah because if- yeah we because we did in the, the in the street fighter mm. episode that that you you'll be able to find in the feed um, the Chun Li. We, we we talked about how obviously Street Fighter, the actual video game, takes bits that Jack mm. would know. So we talked about the character of Gen and how the character from Gen in Street Fighter is actually a reflection of an archetype from martial arts sure. cinema. So I I I, I bet mm. you that that Dalsim is either from the same thing that this is based on that same archetype or as a direct thing. Yeah, that's there's, really there's... especially as it is the 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 fighting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's on arcs in like manga and anime and Japanese yeah. cinema and other, all sorts of things. You can always sort of pinpoint back to and this sort of what, one of the three funny characters is just like Bruce Lee. Yeah, for yeah, example. absolutely. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fei Long is just Bruce Lee and does the 
does the noises and everything so that that is a thing that they do so rather than the the polished uh prim and proper side of kung fu cinema with the shaw brothers stuff we've got master of the flying guillotine yeah. which is more of a a sleazy sort of grindhouse print it's on youtube in pretty decent Sounds quality awesome. um, i will get so around to this so much fun uh, number four on my list is Black Samurai from 1977, directed by Al Adamson. So one area of martial arts cinema I'm really interested in is that transitional period in the mid-70s when the kung fu boom really took America and the West by storm, especially black communities within the United States. So as a result, part cool. of the black exploitation wave of movies clung on to martial arts sensibilities and ideas. And that's why we have films like Black Samurai. Jim Kelly, who some of you may know from Enter the Dragon, uh, Bruce Lee's last yeah. and most famous movie, uh, it has sort of similar narrative. It's sort of espionage, James Bondy, with uh, James Ke uh, Jim Kelly as the Rob as Robert Sand, the lead martial artist who has to stop an evil organization called Dragon, as well as rescuing the kidnapped <laughs> daughter of a royal family. It's goofy, it's fun, it's physically impressive, and at one point Jim Kelly has to fight a hawk or an eagle or something in, in like their lair. Yeah, very I... weird, very wild movie, a lot of fun. This is really fun for me, Jack, because like the thing that I keep realizing is like how much of the iconography of like Japanese beat em ups from like the the Mega Drive and mm. like um, SNES era like keep going to mind and being like, you know what? I bet that is directly that Maybe. I, like I, it's wild like, yeah this, I, I imagine this, like this this history of japanese produced kind of like fighting games mm. and brawlers and beat-em-ups obviously draw so many parallels between of, that yeah. boom in the video game industry and the boom in uh, the, the kung fu sort of cinema movement of the 70s and 80s and one cool. key player in that is a little movie from 1978 called drunken master directed by yun Wu ping so those that know me know yes. that i love me some jackie chan and Jackie Chan mm. really exploded after Drunken Master. This is a real lightning in a bottle moment. You have Yun Wu Ping, one of the best action choreographers ever. He did Matrix, but, Kill for, Bill. For the, for yes, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the those are the, <laughs> the those are always the reference yeah, yeah. points I use because people know him more for his American work, but his Hong Kong work. And and yeah, say what you like about both Matrix and Kill Bill, but I think they're not lacking in his good mm -hmm. action choreography. 100%. If anything, the stories I've heard about Yuan Ping on set of Kill Bill is he was kind of just there. Tarantino being Tarantino already had it all figured out in his head and he just sort of wanted Yuan Wu Ping just to look over it and he was like, why am I here? Why am That's I here? That's cool though. It's kind of cool, but it's also very obnoxious to hire an action I mean, choreographer to be like, <laughs> is this okay? <laughs> I, I, I do understand it from a selfish point of view of, of, of you wanting someone like the expertise to go like no that is fine because you're like I, this yeah, is, and he, this, this yeah. is what they're like yeah classic cool. Tarantino but you're, you, you, you're, you're right <laughs> in, in that circumstance it's very much him being like see bam um, so you got you and Wu Ping at the, uh, the helm of this project and it's mm. a really refined version of a story in a film that they've already done previously in Snake in Eagle's Shadow the story itself is really simple okay uh, it's an annoying, bratty student. He's disobedient. That's Jackie Chan, obviously. Uh, sent, sent away <laughs> by his father to be taught under the notoriously strict and brutal master Beggar So. Beggar So has some unorthodox training styles and trains Jackie in the style of drunken boxing, which leads to all sorts of comedy kung fu capers and some very physically impressive fights. He goes up against the local tyrant who is going around murdering folk, 
uh, under the name, the best character name in all of cinema, Thunderleg. Thunderleg. That is good. Uh, played by Huang Zhongli, who is this Korean super kicker, and he turns up in all sorts of shades of uh, kung fu cinema. For me, this is Jackie at his best. He's in his early 20s in this movie and can do things I would never, ever, ever, ever be able to do with his body. Fantastic. It's because you're not in your early 20s, damn it. No, I'm I'm past my Jackie Prime at this point, I'm afraid. Yeah. Maybe you could have done, but alas. Uh, So number six is a movie called Knockabout from 1979, directed by Sammo Hung. You can't really talk about Jackie Chan without mentioning two of the people he came up with, Sammo Hung and Yun Bao. The three of them, uh, as well as some other prominent names in the Hong Kong film industry, attended the same Peking Opera School together for a number of years and learned all sorts of athletic and acting tricks, really sort of like crafted their personas and identities at this school. So whereas Drunken Master was a standout role for Jackie... Uh, this one was Yun Bao's like leading performance. He's a much skinnier, much more acrobatic performer, and that translates well to his character on screen. Sammo Hung himself is behind the character, but is very much an integral part of the film itself. It is set up like so many other kung fu films of this era. There's intrigue, there's betrayal, there's small-town comedy, there's hijinks, there's training sequences... And there's a killer three-way fight at the climax. If you wanted to get deeper into Sammo Hung or Yun Bao or basically anything that's not Jackie Chan, Knockabout is a great one to start with. Um, so Jack, from my point of view, as as someone who I already feel I I feel like I'm already not deep enough into Jackie Chan, mm. would you say that I should Jackie Chan deep dive first, or should I be a hipster no, and you go can, for? Uh, I, well, the, the beauty about this is that you can do it in any any order. You can just mm. throw one on. So for Jackie. I mean, I've I've seen most of his early stuff now, and it's yeah. kind of just hit after hit after hit. Same with early Samo, same with Yun Bao. This era, like 70s, 80s, emergence of the kung fu comedy especially, um, you kind of can't go wrong. Um, okay. You can't re- Yeah, you can't go wrong. You can either go for the Jackie train or the Samo train. I know our friend Cormac and Ben uh, dove into Samo a lot last year and had a lot of yes. fun. Yes, yeah, they uh, did. But yeah, both have a very, very impressive output of movies at this era. So, And I guess <clears throat> Samo never really broke in not as big as jackie internationally he in the is, same way that jackie chan did. he's been in bits and pieces i'm currently watching a tv show he did in america in the late 90s called martial yeah. law which is quite interesting but no he never had okay never had like it's also a tekken character yeah. <laughs> good to know <laughs> he never had the uh, rumble in the bronx uh, rush hour moment that yeah. jackie did so number seven is a film from koichi hung uh, the director of the boxer's omen a movie everyone should see. Okay. Uh, this Absolutely. movie is from 1980 called Killer Constable. This constable, he's a killer. He's tasked with tracking down a gang that have robbed... <laughs> he's not the only one, dare I say. <laughs> I mean, I hate to be topical here, but... <laughs> he's tasked with tracking down a gang that have robbed the Imperial Treasury, but the uh, tables are turned on him, and he his uh, notoriety leaves a target on his head, and he has to deal with that. It explores uh, yeah. the themes of... Um, social inequality and how inadequate people feel under the totalitarian rule of this era 
it also feels very much like a western as a lot of kung fu movies and samurai movies are very much in conversation with western movies they take things from western movies western things took things from samurai movies all this that and the other the ones that sort of critique that sort of blind justice characterization and the vigilante it's gritty it's ruthless and it's very watchable that's killer constable from 1980 when you say like it deals with ideas of to to I guess like prep myself this should I go in expecting like oh I will fruitfully think about this or is it oh it's a cool backdrop it's probably backdrop a lot of in okay. terms of I mean, which is which is not a critique no, no, it's no, just no, a it's sometimes absolutely. it's like am I going to a film to to think about these things or is it being like oh I'm it is cool. also that this I, is I, the, I, the, 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 ch- the chocolate chip and the sure, cookie as opposed 100%. to the cookie yeah, itself yeah. you you will largely find populist entertainment first and yeah. foremost with the, a lot of these films um yeah i mean i think that's what i, I think that's what mm. i want to be fair so number yeah. eight is the eight diagram pole fighter from 1984 Very clever. Very directed kid. by lao Kar lung so the eight diagram pole fighter is maybe jack's perfect martial arts movie this oh cool this one teams up uh lao Kar lung with his brother gordon Liu, who previously collaborated on 36 chamber of shaolin which we have a podcast about you can I've listen s- to that I've- in that movie, um, and actually, I will say, as I'm going to say on that podcast as well, or have said, um, that the pole fighting in that loved mm. and made me think I should watch that pole fighting <laughs> that Jack's talked about because I love this pole fighting. So this is a period piece set in the Song Dynasty around the 1900s or so. Seven sons of a family are ambushed, and uh, five of them brutally murdered to escape. One brother is just so shell-shocked from the whole experience, he just returns home and lays low. The other, played by Gordon Liu, goes into hiding at a local monastery. He is taught some of the ways of Shaolin Kung Fu, mainly pole fighting, as no bladed weapons are allowed in this particular monastery. So we get plenty of engaging fights and choreography, pole-centric fights, which are surprisingly versatile pieces of kit. It has one of the best showdowns in a Lao Kar Lung film I've seen and is a great showcase for Gordon Liu, his brother Lao Kar Lung, the Shaw Brothers, Kung Fu Cinema in general, and just action movies. There's just so much to love in 8 Diagram Pole Fighter. I rewatched it the other night. Still slaps. Absolutely. Um, Number nine. Awesome. Moving into what I would call like a more uh, contemporary era. Um, It's still in the 80s, but it's... Uh, movies set in the 80s um re- revisit okay. our old friend yun bao and this is a team up with a fair a team up affair with uh, an american martial artist called cynthia rothrock this film is okay. very much a two-hander set in the 80s yun bao plays this lawyer who is very good at defending criminals um he later has a like like phys- physically no, 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 like, in court, like in court. It's in court. <laughs> because that could have been both that's movie, Jack. That's very true like... very true <laughs> Um, he has a turn of character when his mentor is gunned down and his family are murdered, leaving him to seek out revenge, no longer going by the book, taking the law into his own it's hands. Like, it's like violent cop. <laughs> uh, Cynthia Rothrock here plays a detective inspector involved with a larger case and the two trade off some really energetic and creative fight sequences. At several points, awesome. you can see Yun Bao doubling for Cynthia Rothrock. So he's just wearing That's... her outfits and doing flips on tables oh. or taking falls or something very fun well <laughs> this is directed by Corey yoon uh who is a name you'll see here there and everywhere across a lot of jackie samo right. movies uh cory yoon made a made a bit of a splash over in america um he worked on some of the lethal weapon movies 
um, as okay. well as doing the action for um, that initial X Men trilogy, I believe. Um, okay, which prominent I mean, the, players. The first you know, his which, name's not uh, on the poster, really but very integral movies. to those movies. And you can see a lot of the traits that I feel were brought into American action cinema in the nineties and two thousands with some of the stuff that Corey Yoon, Yoon Bao, and Cynthia Rothrock are doing on screen with writing wrongs. And is 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 this because you you linked um, this actor to the other like two mm. standout stars? Is it is this similarly comedic or is this more? No, of this a, is more a, of a similar, uh, more of a more of a straight laced, more of a sort of drama action. Okay, uh, let's take ourselves a bit more seriously in the eighties, even though we're all wearing hilariously bright colours. Um, less so much yeah, of the comedy. Yeah, I guess I think of like Jackie Chan, and you'll tell me if this is more appropriate because maybe it's not. But I think of Jackie Chan as more in that kind of like Buster Keaton mm-hmm. tradition, hundred yeah, percent, being like it is, it is, it is, it is stunt work as comedy to yes. extent, and like even if it's not hilarious, those times being like this is just mm. like no grin-inducingly yeah, kind sure. of like pratfully. Um, and my final film for today is one I watched last year for the first time and really enjoyed. This is Last Hero in China from 1993, directed by Wong Jing. So Wong Jing is a very interesting Hong Kong director in that his films are some of the more wilder, more imaginative, more creative kung fu films you'll ever see. This yeah. is sort of a Robin Hood story based on the legend of Wong Fei Hung, which uh, Drunken Master and films like Once Upon a Time in China are also based on. Uh, okay. So this one is a real throw-everything-at-the-wall affair. You've got like wuxia-tinted action sequences, drunken boxing, large-scale fights, matched with like over-the-top, even bigger than the Shaw Brothers visual production design. And uh, at the front, at the helm, mm. at the centre, is Jet Li. And although probably more famous these days for some of his blander western movies this film is a reminder that jet lee at his peak was one of the best of the best of the best when it came to hong kong action cinema so that is last hero in china and that's my last pick that's really really cool so i've got i've got two specific questions for Mm. you to add like an 11 or 12 this list and there may not be films that fit this category so this is i apologize for springing on this you but like a a specific vibe that i want and does this off these reasons may have fit this vibe so mm. tell me so what if i wanted to watch first of all a martial arts film but specifically one directed from a member of the wu-tang clan <laughs> what if i really wanted just that uh, Is, so I, does that exist it does indeed exist oh um, wow starring Fantastic. starring in both films because there are two there's the man with the oh. iron fists directed by rizza ah. starring rizza yeah, yeah. and dave <laughs> batista and lucy Liu and uh, some old hong kong actors i love um cool i'm a big defender of this movie people do not like yeah, it yeah. i understand why people do not like it i think it is a fascinating homage project if people can get on board with tarantino's films why can't they get on board with this uh the sequel not directed by rizza not very good <laughs> but that first okay. one man with the iron fists from 2012 i think big big recommendation it's because people thought it was a tekken movie because tekken is the probably the, the iron fist probably so or like, they think it's iron fist marvel's iron fist i don't know ah true they're like why is this is finally the tekken iron fist crossover my second mm. question so thank you for that i was really amazed that you you found that um so this is maybe perhaps more specific and maybe doesn't exist but what if per se hypothetically there was a martial arts movie directed by keanu reeves Yes. So, oh man, oh, Stephen, wow. Stephen is setting me up today. Me? Um, yeah, Keanu Reeves is John Wick, 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Did you know he directs films? Well, he doesn't. He's only directed one film, no. and it's a film called Man. Much like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> what year was it? Um, it's called Man of Tai Chi from 2013. And it's a remake of a screwball comedy from the 40s, right? No, absolutely. Yeah, Christmas okay, in Connecticut. So. Kung Fu in Connecticut. Um, oh, man. Can yeah. we make that? Stack's Patreon new tier making Kung Fu in Connecticut. Kung Fu in Connecticut. So this movie is... This is wild, and I'm so surprised people in sort of more action circles do not talk about mm. this enough. Keanu Reeves, behind the camera, knows exactly what he's doing. He's learned so much from his time working with choreographers like Yun uh, Wu Ping on The Matrix and all his John Wick, yeah. uh, John Wickisms. But this is this is before John Wick, and he brings together such a an impressive cast of performers. You've got uh, Iko Uwas, who is in some of those Raid movies. Oh, the Raid guy, yeah. Yeah, Iko, you've yeah, got, he's, he's, um, yeah he's great. You've got a, just a very impressive cast of characters, and it's a very simple story of a a uh, sort of like a hand for hire getting involved in the, the seedy underground world of illegal fighting and betting on those fights. You follow his journey, um, getting more morally corrupt and things like that. But the the fight choreography them- itself is just stunning. It's just absolutely stellar. And you are you are going to have difficulty finding a more direct vision for a throwaway kung fu movie in 2013. And I wish Keanu Reeves would direct more. That is Man of Tai Chi. So thank you, Stephen, for reminding me of this. There you go. I just both of I those just films just things out there. I just didn't know that exists. <laughs> Both of those films would have made it onto my Patreon list because I do have a Patreon list that I will work on for 10 more cool. recommendations cool. for the patrons. There you so go. hint, hint, so, subscribe na- to na- the na- Patreons. Na- na- fine too, but that, that's a taste there for. Mm. I don't even know this. That's a taste of the kind of thing kind of, you're going to get. Kind of thing. I'm going um, to go weirder because, as you know, there are more than 10 Kung Fu movies. So head over to the Patreon and I'll slap you with 10 weirder ones. Um, so yeah, Stephen, I hope you... St- check out some of those motion pictures uh listeners i hope you also check out some of those motion pictures i also have a list on letterbox you can find called yeah. jack's kung fu canon i'll link that in the thing i update that from time to time with just sort of like staples or what i consider worthwhile uh kung fu movies because god knows there are a ton of just boring yeah. bland by the numbers ones as well so thank you so much i mean i, d- I did have a potential third question about maybe this but i just don't it seemed like my time made like a movie with like a, a panda does kung fu but that's that yes seems... it's called littlest uh, but, littlest yeah, yeah. panda fighter um yeah or is it just the little panda fighter um jack black is not in it um it's 51 minutes long and it's garbage but you can watch okay, kung cool. fu panda it does exist which is oh, fantastic okay. and um oh, is it okay um <laughs> <laughs> he's a panda reissued into cinemas this week you want to go see Kung Fu Panda you can go see a reissue of Kung Fu Panda so thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Stacks Um, for more lists and podcasts and videos and commentary tracks you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the stacks on film if not you can stay locked on this feed we've got lots of good stuff coming in the future Thank you for listening to me ramble on, Stephen, and I shall see you on the next episode. Ramble on, Stephen. Um, and we had a sign-off, but I don't let the Shivers Beast get you. And don't let the Shivers Beast get you. Because I edited those episodes yesterday. And don't let the Shivers Beast get you. Good night, God bless. Don't let the Shivers Beast get you.